That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. If you've been listening for a long time, thank you so much for supporting the show. Love you for being a huge part of my sobriety. Eight years without alcohol today on September 11th. I'll give myself a round of applause. Big pat on the back, a little jumping high five. Why not? Since I'm on the solo. We have some great questions and comments from you today. So thank you so much for responding and being a part of the podcast today. Before we get started, be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. Join us on Locals. It's kind of like Instagram meets Patreon. You can help support us there. Be part of a growing sober community that's safe. It'll help you stay accountable and have some fun in the process. Shout out to all my Locals homies in there, man. Love those dudes. I'd love to have you join right now, too. Come be a part of the group. Download the Locals app or go to thatsoberguypodcast.locals.com. Both those links are in the show notes. We have plenty of resources, podcasts, meetings. We got the 90-day course. I'm about to drop the 30-day Quit Drinking Dude course here shortly. So if you want any of those resources, go on over once again to thatsoberguy.com. All the links from today will be in the show notes. We're going to do a quick podcast today. Uh, I just figured, what the hell? I don't think I've done this in the last couple of years on my actual sobriety date. Just because I share my sobriety date with something much bigger than me in my decision to quit drinking alcohol and going to rehab. And that is obviously September 11th. And um, I just want to take a moment of silence for all of those who were lost on that day uh, and for all those who continue to fight for truth and for freedom. Um, And I'd also like to extend a huge shout of love to my homeboy, Seth. Uh, who was there on 9-11 and helped serve in the Coast Guard on Staten Island that day. And I always think of him uh, not only because of he is one of the ones who led the way in in quitting drinking and getting sober first before I did. I really look to him in this path that I went down, but also because of his service in the Coast Guard and that day uh, that I know is ingrained into his heart like it is so many of us too. And I just want to take a a minute to honor uh, all the men and women lost and my buddy Seth as well. If you're a veteran and you're struggling to stay sober, also want to say, please reach out. We offer our 90-day course for free to all veterans. We also have many other resources, like I mentioned on the site. I can hook you up with resources, with meetings. Um, I can make any connections I can to help. And obviously, I mean, I, I try to help everybody I can, but I've got a special place in my heart for any veterans out there, as well as first responders uh, who are struggling. So feel free to reach out to us if you want to do that. Um, now, This podcast today, I just felt like, man, I really wanted to hear some comments and take any questions if possible. So for everyone who uh, dropped those, thank you so much for doing that. And I just want to say one more time, I know I said it in the intro, but thank you for being a part of my sobriety, of helping me along the way. I think I underestimate the Sober Guy platform, the Sober Guy community, just being able to do the podcast every week, talk to all these different guests and different people and uh, learn along the way. And uh, it really helps me to stay sober. I get so much great feedback and love from all of you guys out there, you know, who reach out and, and, and tell me how much the podcast is helping you or has helped you or helped the loved one or one of the courses helped help the loved one. Or I sent you a link to a meeting that helped um, a lot of people going over to a fourth dimensioners meeting, you know, that, that are still staying sober till this day, you know, which is amazing. Um, and, and so I love that and I appreciate the hell out of it, but I just want you guys to know too, how much it means to me to be able to be of service, to be able to do the podcast, um, and show up week in and week out and, and, you know, book guests and do pre-production and post-production and all the stuff that goes along with it. I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm so, I'm so damn busy. I do all this stuff, but it is work. But what's crazy is it doesn't feel like work because I actually love to do it, man. I really do. And not only that, it helps to keep me sober and not drink in the process. So, 
Uh, and just a caveat to that, shit, man, I have my days, no doubt. And we'll get into that in this first question here in just a second. But once again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so happy to be able to have eight years of continuous um, life with no alcohol in it. And uh, it really is, uh, really is amazing thing to just to think like where our family is at from eight years ago, man, we were, dude, we were down and out, man. We were pretty much on welfare. We were about to get evicted from our home. Um, you know, I didn't have any money. I was in debt. I was addicted like crazy. Uh, and had a, a new, new baby girl, you know, it was just a couple years old at the time. And dude, life was just a fucking mess. Really. I was just, just not there. And I knew God had something more for my life. I knew God had something more for our family's life, for my kids' future. And that is, at the end of the day, the a combination of the exhaustion and then that that feeling in my gut that if I didn't get sober, something really bad was about to happen and that God had something more. And I really wanted to see what that was. And I also wanted to learn who I was. Who the hell is Shane Raymer? I had no clue because I numbed it out for 17 years. You know, and so there was this opportunity to seek and I haven't looked back. And has it been easy? Absolutely not. There's been plenty of ups and downs along the way and that is expected. Uh, but I learn a little something new each day and I try to remain teachable. I try to stay learning. I try to stay uncomfortable and, and um, get out of my comfort zone and grow. And I do that by just having a lot of good people around me, both, you know, in the digital space and meetings and on the locals thing and on Instagram, and then just in my personal life as well, just with homies and um, our mastermind group, you know, we, we meet weekly right now and just a lot of good friends and family of, of support. So, man, it's an amazing thing. I'm super blessed. And I just, uh, I'm, it's really great to, to, to be here eight years sober today. So thank you again. Let's get to some of these questions, man. We're going to start with our, our home from locals man and once again if you haven't joined locals please check us out on there it's a great group um this comes from theron theron's so active in the group man and i appreciate you theron like you're always posting stuff encouraging others so please keep doing that and uh thank you so much man he says congratulations on eight years that's fucking awesome the question i have for you is at any point during your sobriety did you ever have the thoughts i can't do this and why am i doing this and how did you overcome the thoughts of doubt so Dude, such a good question. And absolutely, you know, especially in the beginning, you have a lot of those thoughts. And even after eight years, I still have those thoughts. I think the important thing is there's two things that I do when I get those thoughts because they still come up like, man, how that's one that's more is like, how do, how do I stay sober through all this like shit going on? You know, like just life stuff, right. From being a dad, a husband, all kinds of shit going on just in general right now. Um, and it's like, how do you, how do you stay and feel all of that? Especially for somebody like me who just hates feeling I'm not the best feeler. You know what I mean? That's probably why I drank so much and, and did other substances for 17 little longer than 17 years because like I'm not really too keen to feel but like I feel today I have to and and I'm learning a little bit every day and what happens is, is I've learned to give myself grace I've learned to let those thoughts come in and acknowledge them yeah I'm kind of having a thought right now that it'd be great to get fucking smashed like <laughs> as shitty as that sounds it's real you know I have them and and, and what I do is I acknowledge them and then I I I think about how dumb that would be for me if I were to do something like that. And then I tell somebody, you know, I'll tell Jess or I'll call a homie or I'll call buddy or I'll talk to somebody about it. You know that like, Hey, kind of feeling shitty right now. It'd be great to just get hammered. I've been thinking about that, you know, and letting, letting it out, letting it in, acknowledging it and then letting it out and then overcoming the thoughts of doubt it, it, you know, that helps with that by being able to acknowledge it and give myself grace, not beat myself up over it. Like this shit is not easy. It's not easy. Like, like not drinking is pretty easy, but like dealing with life sober, it's not easy all the time, you know? And that's why it's a lifestyle. It's not just like I quit drinking. That's why, you know, I still do meetings. Um, we do the, the Monday, um, clubhouse meeting with static, man. So you guys can check that out. I forgot about that to, to, uh, to little, plug on that one. Um, but I mean, I stay connected. Basically the podcast is huge in my recovery, just staying, staying anchored to it. So man, yes, Darren, thank you again. Um, 
I definitely have those thoughts and I just, I, I let him come in and I talk to somebody about him and then I let him go because I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny they're there. I'm human. I'm a human being, you know, I'm going to have that shit, but I got to stay connected and stay dialed in. And that helps with that. So thanks again, bro. Uh, this next one comes from Jason in our locals group. And I think Jason, man, he's just about to hit 30 days, man. So let's give him a round of applause there. Shout out to you, homie. Like I know you've been up in the locals group. You've been posting a lot. You've been staying connected. You've been doing, you just got a sponsor, I think, dude, which is amazing. Uh, so the uh, the comment Jason said, he said, just got to say, I'm so grateful for the podcast and the locals community. I wouldn't have made it sober for the first couple of weeks without him. I'm also grateful for AA, for my sponsor and getting back my spirituality. And he said, oh yeah, and fuck hangovers. <laughs> and I will attest to that. I don't miss any hangovers. That's for damn sure. I was wasting multiple days on end just being, I don't even know though if I started, get, was like hung over because I just kept going. It would be like a hangover early and then I would just be drunk like, you know, before noon anyway. So it kind of cured the hangover, but you still feel like dog shit and don't live up to even a 10th of a percent of your full potential when you're uh, feeling like crap like that. So I feel you there, man. But yeah, dude, thank you for being active in the locals community too, bro. And shout out to you on 30 days coming up. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, somewhere around there. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, thanks. Thanks for the love too. I appreciate you, bro. Um, this next one comes from my homie static. What's up static. I appreciate you, bro. Like I mentioned, static and I do the clubhouse meeting. So if you're interested in that, you can shoot us a message on, uh, uh, I don't know, just hit me up on Instagram on the old IG at that sober guy podcast. Say, Hey, I'm interested in the clubhouse meeting on Mondays at 9am Pacific. And I can help get you hooked up there. Uh, but yeah, static dude, he says amazing. Yeah, bro. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> I'm not going to, okay, actually I will explain the story. First of all, before I do that static, thank you. Such a good brother of mine in my mastermind group. We became fast friends meetings, the clubhouse meeting just, and let me just say, one of the sickest guitar players that I know, like super fresh. So uh, if you want to go on the IG, you can give him a follow on there. Static is noise. Um, but uh, yeah, he said, that's what's up. That's what's up. And if you didn't see the IG post originally started this thread, it actually came from Seth, but Cash and I do it. We said, oh, that's what's up. That's what's up. kind of making fun. And I was in the sauna the other day. There's a couple of younger cats in there, probably in their twenties, man, young young twenties, and and the one dude said, "What was up, man? Where, where you been? I ain't seen you in a minute." He's like, "Ah, oh, man, shit, I've been up in San Diego." And he's like, "Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up." <laughs> it's just like, "Oh my god," it's funny, but it drives me insane at the same time because it sounds so dumb, but it's funny at the same time. See, that's what's up. I played it out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So next one comes from Krista. Krista, man, Krista and I go back a long, long time since childhood. Kids, good to see her. Thank you so much. Just to, she just gave a little shout of love on on the old um, on the old eight years. So thank you, uh, Krista. Say what's up to the fam for me. Big Vic, Big Rhonda, Big Kyle. Man, dude, love you guys. Back as kids, man. Had some good old good old memories back in the day. Uh, next one from uh, Evan. Uh, Iron Evan, man, you can give him a follow. Iron, Iron underscore Evan. You know what? I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll do it now, obviously, because I just did it. But I'll just save that if you want to go back on there and and check out the comments alone, you can do that. But he says happy eighth birthday. Thank you to him, man. But you're not very shredded, bro. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Fucking ripped, bro. Um, freaking great, Meredith. Many, many congrats. Thank you, Meredith. Appreciate you. Meredith's been in our clubhouse meeting a couple times as well. So good to see her in there and uh, hope to see you again in there on Monday. But uh, thank you again for, for the comments. Uh, let's see, Jeff. Uh, let's see, Jeff says, congratulations. Eight years is awesome. Yes, it is. I would definitely agree on that. It's pretty awesome. But, you know, it's like, dude, I'm just doing the best. I'm putting one foot in front of the other. Got to say all the right things, right? I'm just doing it one day at a time. Just doing it. Yes, yeah. Just what perfection or progress, not perfection. All the sayings. I mean, they're true, no doubt, but they can be a little cliche when I'm trying to, you know, just be, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm off the hook right now. Let me take a drink. Let me take a breath here. I feel like I'm overly excited right now. Should I be overly? I mean, hey, what the hell? I got to allow myself to be happy and excited sometimes. It's really strange. I think it just comes from growing up being like, always like on edge 
and it never feel like you can just like genuinely be happy. Do you ever struggle with that? Like you just can't be happy. You just like you you literally have to tell yourself like I. Hello, how do you do today? I'm giving you permission, Shane Raymer, to be happy and satisfied. Yeah, maybe I need to do that more. All right, David. Dude, David says, congratulations, brother. Truly an inspiration. Good for you, bro. Awesome. Thank you so much, dude. Appreciate you. Uh, David is in our clubhouse meeting. I actually met David through Seth. And, um, dude, he's doing some awesome stuff himself, staying sober and working the program and just doing the best he can. So, Thanks, man. I appreciate you. It's always good to hear your shares in the, in the clubhouse meeting. So um, thank you again. And let's see. Oh, Big Nate. Big Nate from the Sobriety Diaries podcast. Be sure to check that podcast out. Nate was on the show a few episodes ago. Let's see when it was. Let's just do it. Uh, where was it? Oh, man. There it is. 373. Nate Kelly, 373. You can go back and check that out. Nate's a good dude doing some good work. Uh, but he says, who was your first amends given to? Oh, I must have missed this one. I didn't plan any of these, by the way. I didn't go take any notes or like really look at the 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 questions and have anything pre-planned. My first amends, though. Man, I got to say, my first amends. Man, I know. I'm trying to remember who my first amends was. It was either my my father or or jess i'm trying to remember back it could have it's kind of like simultaneous but um and even myself too i remember having to make amends with myself just like um i know that sounds kind of goofy and like almost selfish now that i say it but like i was just so hard on myself for so long but i definitely had to make amends to jess so i'm, I'm gonna go with that um that that you know there was i put her through a lot of shit and um I wasn't honest in a lot of ways. Um, I was in denial in so many ways. I was just I was just a mess. I wasn't being a good man. I wasn't being a good leader. I wasn't being a good husband. And uh, I wasn't really being the best father that I could be either. And um, I'd put us in a position that uh, you know wasn't wasn't good. And uh, so I know that I um, you know I had to go to her. And I think the weirdest thing was like I remember getting home from from rehab and I remember her picking me up and, and like, it was the most, it was the strangest, most awkward time because like I was gone for 30 days. I think I saw her and Lucy twice during those 30 days. They came up to visit and like now I'm going home. And I remember we went and we sat on the beach out in, um, out in was it like Bodega Bay or somewhere out that way, um, by Santa Rosa and, or Sebastopol and, it was just really strange. It was a really strange time. I was super confused. I was this new, like sober person who wasn't drinking anymore, but like I had no idea who the hell I was. And like, I had all of these, I had all this time, you know, to um, think about stuff. And now it was time to like put the work in and like, not just make amends to Jess, like, um, verbally but like show her that i was changing and that i was going to continue to change and continue to put our family on a path um to being you know better people and and people who believe in god and people who believe in serving others and helping others and and trying to do the best we can and do right you know by um our names you know what i'm saying i don't know if that makes if that makes sense but so the first amends was definitely Jess. Now that I think I had to think about that for a minute, like go, go back, you know, and kind of take it back. And sometimes it's hard to revisit that stuff, man. Um, you know, I just, I was getting these fast, like glimpses and pictures in my mind of that day on the beach. And I haven't thought about that in years. Um, you know, and that was a strange time. It was a strange time, but it was a necessary time and it was an uncomfortable time. And I think that when we get uncomfortable, whether it's making amends to somebody saying we're sorry and then actually having to show action, that's when we grow. You know, that's when we grow is when we get uncomfortable, man. And I, I talk about this a lot with dudes. I know I've mentioned it many times on the podcast, but like as dudes, we get to be a certain age and then we get responsibilities. We have kids, we get married and we quit trying shit. We quit getting uncomfortable. We have a couple things that we're good at and we stick to that because we don't want to suck, you know, and that is not healthy. 
We don't grow like that. You know, for me, I want to be like, if I'm lucky enough to live till I'm 60, 70, 80, I'm going to be trying new shit all the time and fucking sucking at it. I don't care. I want to try new shit. I might not like it. I might not get graded in. Maybe go, I'm not really into that anymore. Like whatever. It's part of the process, I guess, you know, but I love trying new shit and I love trying to get better at it and taking action instead of just talking about shit too, you know? So first amends, Nate definitely goes to Jess. I know that was a long winded answer. I was trying to share a little bit in there. Um, but dude, such a tough time. And I think one thing I learned from that too is how to admit when I'm wrong. You know, that's a tough thing for a lot of people. Like when you, when you make amends to somebody and you just, and, and maybe it might not even have to be like a big, I'm not like, there's different levels of making amends, right? Like if you really did something really serious and hurt somebody or, or just, you know, you did something really bad and you got to make amends. That's, you know, that's going to be a little different amends than maybe you just, you know, put your foot in your mouth and were an asshole and said something stupid, you know, or, you know, there's different levels of, but you still have to be able to nut up and say, I'm sorry. And, and ask somebody, Hey, can you forgive me? You know, for doing X, Y, or Z, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. And that's not an easy thing for a lot of people to do. We're stubborn ass bastards sometimes, you know, I know I am some days, like I don't want to admit sometimes when I'm wrong and it's, it's a tough thing, but I continue to, to learn that. And it's so much easier just to hurry up when I'm wrong and just get it out of the way and just apologize and get it out instead of holding it in and going on for days and weeks and months. And then before you know it, you got years and you got resentments because you never made amends to somebody and you're mad at them and they're mad at you. And there's all this shit like communicate. We got to communicate. And we got to say sorry when, uh, you know, when it's, it's needed, you know, we got to, we got to do that. So good question, man. I appreciate you, bro. All right. Oh man. The Ram family, Ram family, 100, the Jess dropped a comment. She said, I have a question. Why are you so damn hot, son? Oh, 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 oh. oh yeah. <laughs> she said, I love you. Eight years is amazing. I'm such an idiot. Um, she's, we live the same life and I don't know how you have done it. God is so good. Three hearts, baby. I get three of them. Three hearts. I love you. I love you, mama. But I, for real though, dude, like we've been through so much shit together. We've known each other since the sixth grade. Um, just like we, we've been through life together. We've literally lived almost our whole lives together. We have kids together. We're partners together. We're best friends together. We fight together. We love together. Like we do it all together. And it's just amazing. I'm so lucky and blessed to have such an amazing woman, uh, you know, to, to do this crazy ass life with. So, um, man, I couldn't have done it without, without Jess too, like straight up. And, uh, man, it's just, it's been a good thing. So thank you. I love you. Thank you so much, um, for all the support along the way. And I'm so glad we made it past that beach scene, uh, you know, eight years ago, or I guess it would have been, uh, seven years and 11 months ago that we wait, or would it be eight years? Wait, I went in. No, it would have been eight years in one month, right? I don't know. My math's all jacked up. Who gives a shit, right? That's like back in 1970. Wait, was it 1977 or was it 1970? I don't give a fuck what year it was. Just get to <laughs> same thing I'm doing right there. So my apologies. Don't apologize. It's a sign of weakness. All right. Only if you mean it, it's not. It's one of my favorite lines. All right. I'm a psycho. Dan, uh, Danielle. Oh, Danielle. Thank you so much. I'm just looking at this now to our friend Danielle from, from the Ville. She says, so happy for you, Shane, and beyond proud to know you. It's inspiring to watch you follow your passion as you ignite powers, uh, power in others who follow your lead. It's an incredible gift, and you're just getting started, my friend. Man, thank you so much, Danielle. I appreciate you. Um, you know, I, I love that. And I, for some reason, I, I'm a little weird when I read stuff like that because I'm still working on being able to, like, embrace encouragement and, you know, whether God's given me a gift to speak to people and serve people and try to help people. I'm coming into that a bit, I think, but it's been a work in progress and it continues to be, but I appreciate your supporting it and pointing it out and, and making me even read it and acknowledge it right now. Um, I really do love having the opportunity to do it and I'm gonna keep on, I'm gonna keep on keeping on. People ask me, how long are you going to do it for us? So I'll keep, I'll keep doing it as long as I'm helping people, as long as I'm having fun. Those are the two things. So Danielle, thank you. And Danielle, thank you for being so awesome to my lovely wife. 
uh, you know, you, you guys are, are buddies and I know you guys talk quite a bit and you guys help support each other. And I know you've given her a lot of support and encouragement along the way too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. Big Phil, big Phil is up next. You know, big Phil. Oh man. I love big Phil. That's my homie, man. He said, how long did it take you to realize that your friends who you used to party with were toxic and sobriety and your sobriety, and how did you remove those people from your daily life? What is going on outside? Oh, there's a garbage truck out there. That's what the hell is going on. Well, first and foremost, let me just give a shout out once again to my good buddy, Philip. I miss him. He's such a good dude. He's got, uh, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years, something like that, somewhere around there. I think 11 or 12 years. And um, just want to say that, you know, Philip is a guy who will encourage the shit out of anybody and he'll really go the extra mile as a friend to be there for, for his friends, you know, and show up and um, speak into them and uh, really be an example of what it's like to uh, to be able to to kick cigarettes, to kick drugs, um, you know, to to live a life better and, and love God and be, um, you know, just do just do like do the best you can, man. Just like keep making progress, dude. Just so so stoked for him in that. So, thank you, brother. I appreciate you, and I appreciate the comment. So let me let me answer, or do my best actually to answer this comment. So, how long did it take for you to realize your friends who you used to party with were toxic? So, this is kind of a I get weird on this question. I think a little bit because there's a couple of reasons why. There's some of my friends that I used to party with who are still my good friends, man. They're still, they're still homies of mine. We still talk. And you know, some of them, some of them still party like they used to. And I don't see them that often, you know, and and that's okay. We can still be friends. Um, There's also some of those friends who I used to party with who aren't necessarily sober now, but they don't party like we used to party anymore. So we're still friends. Um, And of course, there's people who I used to party with who were like friends at the time. But really, when I look back, they were kind of acquaintances, you know, and so I don't talk to those people. So I'm going to kind of stick on that that section for this question of the people who were actually toxic and who weren't really weren't really friends or they didn't really serve a, a purpose other than getting fucked up with, you know? And um, I just removed myself from those situations is what I did. And it was hard at first because a lot of people didn't understand, but I stopped going to those people's houses. I stopped going to those um, people or places like events. I didn't hang out with those people, you know, who I knew that I was only hanging out with for one, for one reason. You know, and I had to do that. I had to remove myself from those. Um, and well, I guess that's the second part of the question. How did you how did you remove those people? And it's like I just stopped going around. I just stopped going around and I started putting myself in in um, different uh, environments where there was positivity. So maybe it was church. Maybe it was a men's group. Maybe it was a 12 step meeting. Maybe it was homies who I knew that supported my my sobriety and weren't going to, you know, um, weren't going to jeopardize any of that. They knew better. And for the most part, I have, you know, what's funny is I've never really had anybody, <clears throat> my throat's getting a little scratchy. Hold on one sec. I've never really had anybody really put me in a bad situation and like really test me and like try to get me to do drugs or drink. And I'm really just kind of realized that right now, like I've been really lucky in that aspect. I think if I, you know, if it were me being honest, it, the, the urges that I've had are to my own doing, you know, my own spiritual unhealthiness or being in certain situations where I'm just like, ah, it's a little, little gnarly right here. I probably need to bounce out, you know, cause I had plenty of those, especially back in the day in the first couple of years, but man, I just removed myself, got myself out of those situations. I had contingency plans. Um, you know, <clears throat> I eventually got a sponsor, you know, buddy, so thankful to him and uh, him, you know, always showing up, always being there, <clears throat> somebody that I could bounce ideas off, work the steps with, talk to just as a homie, um, you know, and uh, and be able to learn from too. I've learned a lot from him. You know, I've learned a lot from a lot of different people, you know, and I think that's what God does. He puts different people in our lives that we can learn from. And, and just because there's toxic people in your life or there were toxic people in your life, if we can look at the glass half full, there's things we can learn in all different situations. We can learn from the toxic people in our lives, something it's not all to waste, 
you know, it's not all toxic waste. Like we can actually learn from that. We can learn from those moments that we had, you know, and then of course the good, the good things, the good environments, the good people that God puts in our lives, we can also learn from them too, you know, and that's, that's kind of what I did. I tried to build myself up, I tried to be around people that I wanted to be like, or I wanted to, like they say, I want what you have. Like, that's who I want to be around. Like, let's just say, I'm going to put this in a money term. You want to be rich? Hang around rich people. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to be sober? Hang around sober people. Like, what's the old saying? You hang around long enough in a barbershop, you're going to get your hair cut eventually. Some shit like that. Dumb cliche thing, but it's the first one that came to mind, and it's relevant. Like, you want to relapse? Hang around people who are doing drugs and drinking still all the time. Eventually, you're going to get there too. The concept is the same, however you look at it. So I want to be around people that build me up, that speak into my life, that are positive, that are fun. It, 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 just to be fair here too and open and honest, it doesn't mean that I only hang out with sober people. I have plenty of friends who they're not, they don't have the, the, um, you know, the drinking and the drug tendencies that I once, you know, partook in, they still have a couple beers, you know, they, they can have a glass of wine or whatever. Like I, that's not for me. It's none of my business what they do. I still have plenty of friends who do that responsibly. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, but like when it gets to a point where, you know, let's just say we're at a wedding or something and that it's just going, you know, it's, it's past the, the, the ceremony's done. The food's been served. There's a couple dances and then it starts to get to that party stage. You know, that's when it's like, Hey, you got to start kind of being aware of your surroundings and what that looks like. And if you're feeling spiritually fit and you're healthy, then cool party on sober, man, have a great time. But I'm always cautious of that. And I always, um, am cautious of <clears throat> who's around me, what the, you know, what that environment looks like. And man, if there's toxic people in my life, I'm cutting you the fuck out. That's for damn sure. I'll tell you that much. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate you, man. Man, I love you. <laughs> All right, this next one comes from the Drunken Worm Podcast. Yes, it's Carl from the Drunken Worm Podcast. Thanks for hitting me up, man. Carl and I have a mutual friend, Jason, who, Jason, a, a homie from, uh, from Celebrate Recovery from the father's house out there in Backerville. So what's up to both you guys, man? I love that. just want to say you guys are doing great work straight on the front lines, man, in recovery centers and working one-on-one with folks trying to get sober. So man, like just so much love and respect for being out there and doing that work. I know it's not easy work and, um, you know, Hey, it's, it's just such a, 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 a great part of the circle of this whole recovery lifestyle and uh, community. I think too, man, we're all helping each other out. So um, just want to give you a little love on that. And then um, also starting a new podcast. That's exciting. Uh, and Carl goes on to say, he says, what's the best tip you can give somebody that's new uh, to the podcast industry to help them succeed? And man, great question. I get this question quite a bit. Um, I think there's two things, like I said, and I actually said it earlier. Um, if you stop having fun and you're not helping people, then, you know, that's, those are two big reasons. It's like, why the hell am I even doing this? At least for me, you know, the other thing is, is patience. It takes time. I mean, I've been at this for about seven and a half years now. Um, and it, you know, I just keep showing up, man. That's what I do. I just show up. I try to put out solid content that, is great conversations that's going to be of service to people and help people. And I have fun in the process. And um, I really love doing what I do. I've taken this platform into the corporate world. You know, like I do podcasting for a living. That's what I do. And all of it is because, um, you know, God, number one, because I got sober, because of family, because I surround myself with good people. I continue to stay teachable. I continue to learn. I think those are some good, good tips too. Um, just, I think the one that I always come back to though, man, is just have fun. If you have fun and you're authentic, then people pick up on that and they want to listen. They want to be part of the community. They want to, they want to um, participate, you know, that's, those are two big things, man. So, um, yeah. And feel free to, to holler, man. I know we kind of talked on, on Instagram a little bit and stuff too, but I'm, I'm open always to, to help anybody out and answer questions, stuff like that. Gear questions too. I'm always a big gear nerd. Always like like I like to use the Sure Seven B microphones. One of my favorites. I always get it mixed up. Is it the the SM Seven B, the Sure SM Seven B? One of the best. Oh yeah. 
Thanks for the question, though, Carl. Appreciate you, man. Um, this next one comes from Recovery Objects. It says, congratulations, my brother. You deserve it. Thank you so much, bro. Um, appreciate you and uh, appreciate the comments, the little hand clap as well. Recovery Objects, yes. Redbeard Chef is the next one. I love that. Redbeard Chef. When did you realize you had to give yourself a chance and not give alcohol another day? Hmm. I had to mute it right there. I had a little bit of a cough sequence there. But when did you realize you had to give yourself a chance and not give alcohol another day? Man, what's funny is I realized that Oh, it also says most of your episodes are long enough for my commute every morning. Love the podcast. Thank you. Um, man, I realized it way before I got sober, way before I quit because I tried to get sober many times. I tried to do it on my own. It just never worked. Um, you know, I'd go a couple weeks and then I'd be back smoking weed and then drinking and smoking weed, drinking back and forth. I realized that I had an issue and I also realized in my gut that something was really wrong and something really bad was about to happen. You know, it's funny. I just thought of this story. I think, I can't remember if I've ever shared this or not, but <clears throat> there was one night we lived uh, in this court and uh, it was, it was a few months, probably, I don't know. It was in the same year that I got sober, probably 2013, but it must've been earlier in the year. And um, I remember we were partying in our backyard and we were out of vodka, you know? And so <clears throat> I said, um, Oh, well, you know, I'm going to run down to the liquor store and go grab some. I'd already been drinking like crazy. So I was pretty intoxicated. Definitely shouldn't have been driving. So I hop in the car and, uh, you know, turn the music up real loud. And I kind of did, I, I was infamous for the disappearing acts. And, um, I just, I don't even remember if I said anything. I just knew we needed more vodka. And so I hopped in the car and, and left and um, I sped down to the to the to the liquor store. I got more, you know, more alcohol and uh, probably some cigarettes as well because I was a chain smoker back then. And um, as I came back home, I one of the things that I used to do, and um, it's not exciting to admit this, but I used to drive like an asshole when I was drinking, just because I had this like wish that I would get into a high speed chase. <laughs> as stupid and in in ridiculous as that sounds i had this fantasy that i was going to get into this high speed chase and just go balls to the wall and so i was looking when i, I would be intoxicated i would be looking to to do something like that and i never knew when it was going to happen or if but you know i just i would drive like an asshole and so as i was coming back speeding up um i think it was vaca valley parkway at the time we lived down browns valley um I was coming around the corner into our court and I, I yanked our e-brake or I yanked the e-brake and got the car just super sideways coming in the, um, coming in the court. I had the music up hella loud. I was just like not giving two shits. And it's just so hot because when I left every, like our neighbors were there and they were like older, like they didn't party, like I partied and shit, you know, like it. And there was other friends and stuff there too. Um, and, and, uh, when I left, everyone was in the backyard. Well, to my, you know, surprise, when I yanked the e-brake coming into the court, got the car hella sideways rolling in with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth, just, you know, just like a dumbass. Everybody was out front. Like, you know, my family, our friends that were there, I don't even remember who was there. We had quite a few people there though, the neighbors, and they all just looked at me like I was just like insane. Like, who the hell is this guy? Like you're driving like an asshole in our court. You're yanking the e-brake. The music's up hell loud. Like, so, okay, let me jump back. Why am I, why am I telling this story? Because at that moment in time, that was about within six months, I think before I went, got I knew I had a problem at that time. I knew that I needed to give, as you put it, myself a chance and not give alcohol another day, but it just took me some time to get there. So I, ha I had had those thoughts leading up to the final day when I finally just admitted. And, and, and really for me, it was, it was pure exhaustion. I was purely exhausted from, um, you know, just from the, the grind of waking up and swearing up and down, I wasn't going to drink anymore. And then being drunk by noon and then drinking all day and into the night and then, and then swearing up and down, I wasn't going to do it again. And then this is, it was just this cycle, man, and the hangovers and just feeling like shit about myself and depression and, 
man, just not giving a fuck about anything. I just, I, I wasn't like suicidal, but I honestly didn't care if I lived or died and I was ready to like get into a high speed chase if, if needed just to accelerate that process. Like I just didn't care. You know, I was tired of not caring. I was tired of not knowing who I was as a man. And I, I was very interested and intrigued in this thought that God had something more for my life. Like that was huge, you know? And so that was a big thing. And, and that day finally came and I just had it and I was exhausted and I wasn't going to give alcohol another day, as you put it. And so I reached out for help and I, I told my wife what I had been doing, you know, sneaking, drinking, drinking and driving, drinking at work. Like just the, the, she, she knew something was up, but the extent of it, she had no, no idea. It was an internal battle. So yeah, I was exhausted, man. I was exhausted. Thanks for the question. That's a, that's a good one. And I, you know, I, here's why I appreciate all these questions too. And I mentioned this earlier, but these questions bring up for me things I don't often think about. I have to go back and remember, and it's good for me to remember this stuff because it reminds me of what it was like. And that's so important when we get sober, especially after we start getting a little time, like, Oh, eight years, you know, it's, it's awesome. I'm glad to celebrate it. But like, I don't ever want to forget what my life was like before when I was fucked up. Cause I was such a dumbass. Like I was literally just young, dumb, and just not just an idiot. And, and I need to remember that so I make sure that I don't ever repeat that behavior ever again and I continue to move forward and not ever move backwards. So thanks for these questions, man. I appreciate it. Um, this next one, um, I, I'm not sure the name. I want to say it's Sean or, or uh, Sukta. I'm not sure, but it's, uh, he says, eight years, really amazing. Thank you for your work. You inspired me to start a YouTube channel and, and maybe a podcast in the future. Greetings from Germany, man. So I love that all the way from Germany. Um, it's, it's, uh, I'll just spell it out. S U C H T underscore F R E I. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm going to jack it all up, but thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Um, and love to check out the YouTube channel sometime. I'll have to do that from Cali to Germany and Germany to Cali. Um, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Um, all right, just a couple more. Oh, this, I love this one promoted on at beer lovers. <laughs> Why is it on Instagram? You post something and then like within two seconds you get the bots and it's always promoted on at beer lovers and it's a person drinking a beer like man like that was you know that was uh it's supposed to not be drinking man that's right though i love it all right last one of the day today my throat's really getting crunchy today i'm gonna have to do some uh some work on that but Late Juan, Leighton, man, appreciate you, bro. You always reaching out, always been tuning into the show, and you know him and I chat occasionally. And I uh, said, first of all, congrats on eight years. I'm struggling to get eight days sometimes, man. I, I I get it. I get a lot of that. Those questions for anyone out there struggling, man. I I know it's tough, uh, but that's why we stay plugged in. So my question to comment would be, how did you get over that feeling of boredom in early sobriety? Hmm. Very good question. I know some people say go to more meetings. I don't want to discredit that, but I sometimes get bored with that too because it's the same people saying the same things at those meetings. I totally get that. I get it. I will never say that any meeting is a bad meeting. You'll never hear me say that because I don't believe it, but I can understand that meetings can get boring after a minute or the same. So we got to switch it up a little bit. I definitely know I need to fill my calendar with stuff that I'm passionate about because when I'm involved with people and activities, my mind doesn't go towards wanting to drink. Those things take, take me away from my real issue, which is how to live life on life's terms. Either way, I love the work you're doing and it keeps me going. Even when I stumble, the fear of completely surrendering still holds me back. Yet just being honest with you here right now makes me feel like I'm another step closer to that. Layton, man. Good stuff, bro. Thanks for sharing your heart, bro. Being a little vulnerable there. That shit ain't easy either. But like, man, you said a couple good things in there. And so let me try to break it up in my own experience first. Like the boredom thing. I mentioned this earlier, getting uncomfortable. One of the ways for me to cure boredom is doing shit that I suck at so I can work on getting better at it because it cures boredom. Like for instance, the, you know, the, the latest thing that I take, that I took up was surfing and I, I always wanted to do it. I bought a board right when I got out of treatment up in uh, the Bay area and I bought it off this dude off Craigslist out in Oakland. I drove out, he gave me uh, the board for super cheap and a wetsuit. And I just totally pussed out and never went and surfed. You know, this was seven, eight years ago. It was like right when I got home 
And I always had this need to want to try it again. Well, fast forward, you know, to earlier this year. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try it again. And, and I did, and I I was nervous. I was a little bit intimidated. I've done a lot of board sports from snowboarding. I still skate like, um, I've wakeboarded, um, you know, but I've, but I never, I never had officially surfed before. And so here's the point to that is I had to get out of my comfort zone and just go for it. Started watching YouTube videos, started talking to people, meeting people, getting tips here and there, learning, like staying open to learning and knowing that I'm not good, but I just need to, to show up to get better a little bit each day. That kind of stuff for me is what helps with boredom. Um, I know some people, like you said, go to more meetings. Like people want to, they want to go to a meeting every day. And, and, and for some people that is how they stay sober. And if that's how any, whatever, whatever works for you is the point. So if it means going to 10 meetings a day, you know, that's exaggerating a little bit. If it means going to multiple meetings a day, you got to do what you got to do. For me, I like to stay connected. I like to stay plugged in. I like to do shit that makes me feel uncomfortable. I've been doing a lot of kickboxing. Okay. So here's a great one. Here's a great one. I've been doing a lot of kickboxing and boxing classes lately. I hadn't kicked like on a bag since I was like, I don't know, young and my kicks felt totally awkward. And I felt like I looked like a straight jackass, like kicking just because my, my mobility is a little jacked up. I'm 40 now. I'm still in good shape, man. But like I hadn't kicked in a long time and it's take, like I did a class this morning and it's taken me some time to get those kicks down a little instruction shout out to coach Jamie man coach Jamie was there today and he he kind of told me like the way I was stepping with my left foot to come into that right leg kick I was stepping back instead of stepping forward so it's something I learned today and as soon as I did that it clicked and my kicks started becoming a little stronger and my mobility started being better and my stability started being a little better I started feeling more confident so I get better a little bit as I go And that kind of shit keeps my mind going. It keeps me learning. It cures boredom. So I guess for me, if, if I was to ask myself that question, I'm really bored right now. And I need, like, I can't stay sober because I just get bored. And then I go drink. I need to find some shit outside of that, that I want to do that keeps me busy, that I enjoy, that I can get better at. I might suck at first, but I'm going to continue to show up. That would be my advice on that. Um, you know, I, and I, I don't know if I, I, you know, and I know everyone's thing is different. Like some people go to multiple meetings, like, like I said, but everyone's thing is different for me. That is one way to cure boredom. Stay busy by doing new shit. Try new shit. Try something new. Try something that you wanted to try as a kid or that you used to do as a kid that you stopped, you know? Um, and then you also said the fear of completely surrendering still holds me back. That's the enemy just trying to have a stronghold on, on, on you, man. Like, because in, in my experience, like when I know I'm going to make progress on something, man, that shit is powerful and wants to just suppress me because it knows I'm going to find true self and really, you know, start to go after my, my real mission. And so that fear is there. Um, and fear is a, is bullshit to me. Fear is bullshit. It's made up. Um, it's not real. It is, um, it's something that, uh, I'm not saying that it's not real either. I'm not saying it's not a real thing to feel fear. hundred percent. I, I feel fear, you know, still And and anyone who says they do, they don't is probably lying, you know, but I think part of it is recognizing fear for what it is. So like buddy taught me this, it's always a good one. I've it's always stuck with me. Like if I'm angry or if I'm feeling anxiety or if I'm frustrated, um, you know, always those things, if I'm going through something, I can't figure out why it always comes back to fear. There's always something I'm scared of, you know? So I think looking at that and saying like, what am I really afraid of? Is it, am I afraid of finding out who I really am? Am I afraid of just, you know, physically not being able to have the crutch of alcohol? That was one for me. Like, how am I going to have fun without alcohol in it? There was fear there. I think identifying what that is and then starting to think about it, maybe write some shit out for it talk to people about it, talk to somebody about what that fear is on why it's holding you back from a hundred percent going all in. And, I, and I'll share for me, what took me so long to a hundred percent go all in is because I knew I'd have to put work in after that. I knew the cat was out of the bag. 
I was on a new mission and I was all in like pic- picture pushing all your chips in the middle of that Texas Hold'em, you know, um, uh, game and, 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 you know, your cards, man, they ain't that good, <laughs> but you're just saying, fuck it. I'm all in. I don't even care because I need to, I need to make some progress right here. I'm all in, you know? And, um, I think that for me was, was the, the point of surrender hundred percent surrender, trusting in God that there's more for my life, you know, and, and, you know, nobody can tell you when to do that. That's got to be on you, bro. Like that's, it was on me. It's on everybody. That's why like they, you know, like you can't bribe somebody or talk somebody or convince somebody into staying sober. They got to want to do it for themselves and you got to be ready. And maybe, you know, maybe you just ain't ready. Maybe you are, you know, but, uh, I will say this. I have known and heard of many people who um, have had opportunities and I talk to them and they're like, man, even for myself, like I said, I wish I would have done it then, or I wish I would have done it when I was 30 or I wish I would have done it. You know, I'm 60 now. I wish I would have done it when I was your age at 40, like, or 30, you know? So if you got an opportunity to do it, man, like do it, go for it. I mean, it's, it's going to work out in the end to the benefit. I can promise that (laughs) at least it has in my situation um man good stuff i appreciate you guys thank you for tuning in today thanks for the questions um man eight years it's a great great thing but i always say i'm one bad decision away from ruining it all so i always stay uh, stay true to that and uh, stay putting the work in stay living the lifestyle try and do the best i can um if you guys need help please reach out you can go to thatsoberguy.com. You can get more resources there. Follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. Join us on Locals. Join us on Locals. Download the app. Go to thatsoberguypodcast.locals.com. Thanks again, everybody, for the questions, comments. Love you guys. Thanks for all the support. Have a great day. Stay sober. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean. You're my